0: Check, 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 all right, I think I can do this. worries. I probably can, yeah. All right. All right. All right, so here we are. Sunday number two on our COVID-19 journey together. We love you. We miss you. I wish that you were sitting in the pews out here. Some of you are going, wait, how are the pews out there? That's not the baptismal. We borrowed a backdrop to give you a little something different. So today, we are going to continue on our journey through the book of Jonah. I want to recap a little bit um, from uh, last week. So as we got through the first chapter, what we have is the introduction, and basically God calls his servant Jonah to go to a city called Nineveh and to preach there because Nineveh is nasty. It's awful, it's uh, rebellious, and it's causing a ton of trouble. It is the uh, anti-Christian, the anti-Hebrew, the anti-Israel, it is not where God's children want to be, all right? So uh, God wants to send Jonah to this great city of Nineveh, a city that's a three-day walk across, so like 36 hours across. There's 100, 112, 120,000 people that live there, depending on which historian you read. And immediately, uh, Jonah ran. So God told Jonah what to do, and Jonah ran. And, and last week we looked at the fact that not only did he run, he ran the complete opposite direction. He didn't just run the opposite direction. It was a couple hundred miles here, a couple thousand miles, <laughs> hundreds of miles away over here, and it was all the way across the Mediterranean. So he goes down, he pays for a ticket, he gets on a ship, he gets out into the sea, and not only is he out into the sea, but while everybody else is on top, he's down under into the underbelly of the ship. So there is this obvious notion that Jonah is not just running. He is running, and he is hiding from God. And the key to the whole series is this question. Why did Jonah not want to go to Nineveh And why did he run? Because of it. And we're not actually going to even get there uh, this week. That doesn't happen till closer to the end of the book. We don't find out why. So what we then have is God sends a a, a squall. He ordains a a squall. He assigns a a, a squall, a, a storm, all right? And so, basically, uh, there's a word that is used, he appoints uh, the storm, and we're going to see that word come up again, and we need to understand that that means, yep, God set that up, all right? God sent the storm, the sailors fret, Um, they finally cast lots, they figure out that it is Jonah. Uh Jonah says, well, the only way to calm it down is for you guys to throw me over. And we talked about the fact that that's a real cop-out because, A, if he's dead, he doesn't have to go on to Nineveh, and that's a way out. And, B, he gets out of it because he's not going to throw himself over, which would be really easy to save everyone. He's going to put the blood on their hands, and they end up actually repenting and asking God for forgiveness, which God has used by this storm appointment And it's one of those times where you can see that God uses bad circumstances and turns them for something good. Now, after all of this occurred, these men are crying out to God. Jonah has hit the water, okay, and he is, you know, falling into the abyss, all right? And in verse 17 of chapter 1 of Jonah, that's the very last verse, it says, but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So today we're gonna focus on the time inside the fish. We're gonna focus on the fact that God wasn't gonna let this be it. We're gonna focus on the fact that even when we're foolish, even when we're selfish, God is a God of grace. God is a God of second chances. God is not a God without a sense of humor, and we're going to see that, all right? I guess he could have lifted Jonah up out of the water. I guess he could have just caused him to rise up or open the sea and so that he could walk. Oh, no, 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 no. He sends a giant fish and says, hang out in here for a few days. Enjoy them gastric juices for a few days. Enjoy that smell there for a few days. But I saved your life. Right. All right. So uh, God is 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 not without uh, some fun and and some humor and some awesomely storytelling ways of doing things. But there was a little behind that. He is a God of grace, though. He is a God of second chances, though, and that plays out in some major importance as we move on through the book, as well. Now. Let's look at Jonah's response to everything that has happened, and let's look at Jonah's response to um, being inside the fish. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord as God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened. You hurled me into the deep, into the heart of the sea. I said, I have been banished, but I will look again toward your holy temple. And the waters threatened me, and the deep surrounded me, and the seaweed wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath me in, barred me in forever. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered and my prayer rose to you, O Lord. Now, here's the first thing I want you to notice about this. Do you see in there where Jonah says, man, God, I just need you to know how awesome you are and that this whole thing is my fault? Not there? Let me point out something else, if I may, for this repentant, this uh, change of heart prayer, if you will. Um, listen to the words here. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried out for help. You listened to my cry. You, you hurled me in, and I said I have been banished, and I will look again. The waters threatened me and surrounded me. Uh, I sank down you hear anything that's happening over and over and over again? So this is a prayer full of, look at me, this is what I did, this is what I want. Now, church, I need to ask you a question. Have you or I ever um, tossed out any unrepentant, repentant prayers? Have you and I ever... Really masked our apologies behind something that wasn't really an apology. Any unrepentant prayers go up. Things like, I, "I God, I'm I'm really sorry that that this happened to me because Sandy, because Fred, because Frank, due to the coronavirus, due to the financial crisis, due to the." Anxiety that covers me, I need you to, I'd like for you to help me overcome. Here's the problem. It is confession and repentance that actually shows, causes, creates that Uh, clean heart, that that renewed spirit that, that David spoke of. Create in me a clean heart, O God. You renew a right spirit in me. In my anguish, I cried out to you, and you answered by setting me free. Do you see the difference? There are genuine, heartfelt, I am a sinner. You are the Savior prayers that change lives, that change hearts, that actually allow God to see that there is a heart difference going on, that there is a value in what He can do for you, what He can do in you. And our language says a lot about our hearts, all right? And if we're honest... Jonah did not have it. There's blame in here. I've been banished. You sent the waters to threaten me. The deep is what surrounded me. The seaweed. I mean, he, he gets down to blaming the seaweed. He can't find it in himself to say, I was wrong. I ran. I was the cause. I was the problem. I was thrown overboard, and I need to change. No god listen you 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 brought this on and here's what I'm going to do I appreciate you sending the fish and and my prayer was heard by you so I am going to um I, I what I have vowed I will make good and then he decides to tack on salvation comes from the Lord it's it's like it's like a last second thing there in in verse 9 I with a song of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And I (laughs) I think the next line, we don't give enough credence to the satire, the irony, but the value of how God really might have felt in this moment right here. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. If you don't think there's something in there, you're missing it. All right, Jonah, I am going to give you a second chance. All right, Jonah, I am going to allow you to walk this out and do what I ask you to do, but I'd kind of like to give you a large visible, a large audible, a large nasal gift right now. Uh, Sniff this. Fish puke. All over the beach. That's kind of what I think of your self-centered, self-righteous prayer there, Jonah. <laughs> kind of makes me sick. Do you understand that God can completely be enamored with us and completely love us and 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 passionately desire the best for us because he does. That's who God is. But that he can be disturbed perturbed at us. I mean, if you got kids, especially in this time with all of us in the house right now, they be your beloved, all right? But they also be, I need a timeout from them. I need need to not be near them. They driving me up a wall. This is crazy. You can absolutely feel both. And I think God, well, I don't think, I know, God always makes the wisest of choices. But here's the real deal. If we want to understand him, if we want to see this for where we are, then we got to see this for what it is. God is saying in how he allowed Jonah to go on that, uh, hey, dude, uh, what I feel like is that you just upchucked a bunch of personal revelations to me, and so I'm going to upchuck you onto the beach. And you're going to have to feel that Lime, and you're going to have to smell that beautiful aroma, and don't think for a minute that that fish isn't swimming away, you know, shaking its head. I, I, it, it's just a super um, neat thing to watch. I mean, Aquaman was a huge a blockbuster hit over the last year. And and, and, and when he thinks in those, those circles from the olden days go out, uh, fish come and, and, and sea creatures are commanded. Aquaman ain't got nothing on God. God sent that fish, told him to swallow, held Jonah up in there three days. And when it was time, <laughs> chucked him back up on the shore. Here's what we can take from this as we get ready to head into next week. We had better learn that the situations that God is going to put us in, that God is preparing us for, the situations that God is going to provide for us to be his hands and feet to the world are not going to be easy. We've talked about this before. We've said, you remember the phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle? That's baloney. That's baloney, and Christians need to stop saying it. God will absolutely, life will be full of things that we cannot handle by ourselves. It's why he said we needed community, and it's why we need him. God won't ever give you more that you and he and the body of Christ that he has put you with can handle. That is true, but we will all face things that we cannot handle. And it's this second chapter that is, supposed to help us find wisdom in being prepared for what God has for us. We have got to learn that people make mistakes, that we make mistakes, and we must own them. We must not let them own us. We must confess them before God, and when we do, he will separate them from us. He will show, and I have an itch right on the end of my nose, that's just going to be in the video, we will, he will show us, all right, how he cleanses us, how he can be glorified, because that's what God does. Sending his son to wipe away our sins is what he does, and if we don't own that we're sinners, he can't do what he does. So this chapter is about preparing. In my distress, I called to the Lord, yes, and he answered me, yes. From the grave, you can call out. From the deep, you can call out. During the storms, you can call out. As the waves break over, you can call out. When you feel like you've been banished, you can call out. When you look toward God's temple or when you're running from it, you can call out when you feel threatened, surrounded, wrapped up in all of the things of this world, when the mountain looks too high or the valley looks too deep, you can cry out to God. But when you do, it needs to be about God. It needs to be about his presence, his ability to restore for his glory. When we realize that, when that song, in my life, Lord, be glorified, in my church, Lord, be glorified, in my city, Lord, be glorified, when that comes through, God will in fact be lifted up. And when God is lifted up, when he is glorified, he will draw all men into himself. And when he draws all men into himself, the multitudes can find salvation, can find repentance, can find restoration, can find reconciliation, can begin to breed inside themselves. They can't do it. God does it in them. Hope, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And folks, listen to those things in light of what's going on right now. Do you believe with all your heart that the Costco, that the Sam's Club, that the Kroger, and that the Walmart could use a little love, a little joy, a little peace, a little patience, a little kindness, some faithfulness, a lot more gentleness, and some self-control? Absolutely. So we turn our eyes upon Jesus We look full in his wonderful face. And guess what? The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Jonah didn't get it. He said the right words. He did the right things. But it was all him focused. In this time, I think it is imperative that we not be so open-minded that our brains fall out, but that we not take in so much information that, that we can't process it. I think it is imperative that we point to the king. I think it's imperative that we point to the kingdom. I think it's imperative that we help those around us as our joy comes forth, as our hope comes forth, as our peace shines through, we help others around us know that there is a God and that He is not, He is not overwhelmed. He is not concerned. He he is concerned about us, but He is not concerned about the dire needs of our situation or the dire needs of our financial. He's not, because He's not surprised because he's already known it, he's already in it, he's already past it. The lesson here is as we realize our shortcomings and our sinful nature, we are unafraid to take the mask off and say, this is who we are, God. Cleanse me. He is unafraid to pour the power of His blood out over us and set us free from all of that. And when we're free from all of the things of this world and we point to Him, the world sees exactly what they need to see. They see Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And if we continue to do that, the church will grow. The kingdom will grow. And we will continue to overcome the storms that this life has to offer. And we will acknowledge that even in those storms, God can draw even the most hypocritical, even the most mean, even the most self-righteous people to himself and turn them to repentance. What's the verse? It's your kindness, Lord, that leads us to repentance. Maybe it's time we get some 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 quiet time in our homes and we take a really good look at, at what God wants us to do. Who God wants us to reach. What God wants us to give. How God wants us to respond. Confess where we have let him down. Repent of the things we haven't followed. Accept overwhelming grace and mercy that he gives through his forgiveness and be the fruits of the Spirit of God in a world that cannot comprehend them. they will be the light. I love you. We'll see you as soon as we can. Until then, keep checking Facebook, keep checking Instagram, keep checking email, and keep checking on one another. We love you. Now I want to pray for you. God, I just thank you that in this uncertain time, you are certain. And God, I thank you that um, as far as we have come as a people, we can now make use of all of these things uh, that we have have learned of and been gifted with over the years so that via Facebook or or Instagram video, audio, all of the things we're capable of doing, we are now using to help further your kingdom, to help further your cause, to help connect with our friends, connect with our church family, uh, connect as a community. God, I thank you for the word of the Lord and the story of Jonah. I thank you for churches that are meeting and are not meeting all across our city and all across our state and all across our country. Gotta pray for leaders working diligently, health care professionals working diligently. I pray for those who are just overwhelmed by fear or, or by hopelessness or by circumstance. I pray for those who have had to close down and, and, and cannot work, that they may find provision. God, I'm thankful that, that, that you own the cattle on a thousand hills and that you are God that provides. I am thankful for that. And we will rest in that today. God bless everyone who takes the opportunity to watch um, this video. God bless our church family, our church members. Pour out your spirit on all your people, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, church, if you want to continue with your worship, um, if you want to give, um, by all means, please do so. The church center link is uh, at the top of this video. It is in the description. If you're joining us because somebody shared this with you, if you're joining us because you just saw this on one of our Facebook pages and you feel led to give, by all means, please uh, do so. Uh, we would be happy to to allow God to use you to help us to help others and uh, reach our, our city, our neighborhoods, our state, this country for the kingdom of God. Have an awesome day.